0: So, Lord, uh, we pray for your servant, Jim, and his message. Let your words be upon his lips and in his heart and in his mind and bring forth your word so that mm. we can apply to our lives to heal our souls and to heal parts in our world, Lord. And our world is at home. It could be at work. It could be with our neighbors and in all places, Lord. So pray, we pray for Jim. We pray that you'll be with him. Give him your power and your, your speech today. Lord. We just give you all the glory for what you'll do through his message. Help us to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. I realized recently we have a problem. But when the Lord gave me the way to look at this year being the word, I started thinking about it. And what does that make 2024 and 2025? And I may be... The word may be the decade. I don't know, because it's not just one year, is it? So it puts us sort of in a bind is it just has to be our year every year. We're going to focus this year on it being our foundation, but I think it's it's going to have to be every year. I'm sorry. You know, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and one of the things we did in the Episcopal Church is since I was an acolyte and I was tall, I walked down the aisle with either the cross processing in or the bible and about a third of the way through I would turn around and I would hold up the bible and then the pastor the priest would read from it but everybody would stand and I went that's cool so stand yeah no you (laughs) because we're going to read the scripture today and you know what A lot of denominations or religions, should I say, stand when the Bible's read. Out of respect, there is only one place in Scripture that we see that, so it's not something that's a law. Linda got 100 points today in the car because she could name that place in the Bible where they stood with the reading of the word. Anybody want to give it a shot? 100 points. Ezra. Ezra. Usually, you would sit when the word was read. In in New Testament times. Second Peter is starting in chapter three, and it says this This is how the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of a reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing the first of all that scoffers came in these last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires they will say, where is this promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook the fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth, that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. It takes just a moment to read on the internet, just do a quick search about God or Jesus of heaven. it take you all of like five minutes until you start getting past the websites that are Christian and you get the ones that are sort of Christian and then you get the ones that are not even close to Christian saying all kinds of things it's random you take your pick of how you want to believe basically and uh, Rebecca often sends us stories and things that she's discovered about how people are believing and it's always surprising to me that people are thinking like this how they're taking the word and they're setting it aside and they have their nice thoughts it's good to have nice thoughts. It's not the Word. Today we're back to the Word. I read part of what Rachel did last week because it's all one big section. It's Second Peter 3. really goes from 1 to 7. And so I have a part of it, and then we have Rachel and what she did last week. Probably the best thing to do is to uh, go and hear that so you can get caught up. But we'll talk a little bit about it. A life without God as a judge is exactly what the false teachers are teaching in the book of Second Peter. A life that is without God as a judge. And what it meant to these people is they could do anything they wanted. I mean, you name it, they could do it. It's just a horrible concophony of everything you can think of bad. And you know what? You're, you're not even seeing half of it. You're not even seeing a quarter of it. You're not even seeing hardly anything of the evil in the world. Hardly anything. We just, don't exist. we just don't exist in a place where we are in those places. But it's horrible. Here's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy. He said, these are what it's going to look like. So I want you to, to hear these. It Totally selfish, arrogant, abusive, ungrateful, slanderous, heartless and brutal. No self-control, swollen with conceit, pretending to be godly but filled with ungodliness. That's the picture that's painted of what happens when people move away from God. When the creative, created, move away. They don't want it anymore. They've decided they don't need God, and they go their own direction. That's a picture of the last days. People say we're in the last days. I think we probably are in the last days. How long the last days are going to be a perfect time for me to give you the date that Jesus is returning, but (laughs) lightning would make it through these ceilings, I'm sure. That's the picture that was painted of what the last days would look like. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to look like that right around you. This life right here, these, these things that are happening, it already happens in parts of the world. It's already happening in parts of the world. It's just they, They're societies that are just run exactly like this, but it's creeping toward us as the people in our nation are less and less and less. We have gone from post-Christian to pagan. And here we are. We could have been born and grown up and be in church as adults in the the 50s right after the war. Completely different thing. You can see Norman Rockwell paintings about all of that. And it's happy-go-lucky people walking to church with their children. One boy and one girl. It's not like that anymore. So we'd all have to say things have changed even from when we were children. Things have changed. A life without God So as we look at our scripture today, we're going to see a pattern that exists that happens throughout these first and second Peter. And it's it's the word surrounding other things. So in this particular one, we're going to see the word start this and end these scriptures so you can see sort of what's happening. He wants to make very clear that the word is over all of this. That's what's going to get people through in the middle of this because Peter's talking to a group of people who are going through this persecution. He wants to make sure they know where to get the truth. He also wants to make sure to know who is the truth and make no mistake about it. So if we look at 2 Peter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. The first thing is the word, and we're going to remember where to get the truth. The word, and we're going to remember where to get the truth. Scoffers will come, and I love the scoffers word. It's it's fun. Scoffers who scoff. Scoffers can be identified uh, as self-oriented, following sinful desires. The key is they follow their own desires. And this is down in verse 3, 3, 3. So that's the people that we're talking about. Those are the teachers that are teaching false things. Those are scoffers. At the top it says. This is now the second letter. I'm stirring you a sincere mind by way of a reminder. This is the reminder that's coming. Peter is saying, I want you to remember there's two places in here, the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord Jesus coming through the apostles. Basically, the Old Testament and the New Testament is our application. That's what we have. And we have those two things. Similar to what they had there. They had the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament written. They had what they needed at that point, but they weren't taking advantage of it. And Peter's telling them, you have to get on with this. You have to get on with this. So the word, remember where you get the truth. So that was covered when Rachel spoke last week. So get Pastor Rachel's tape and you'll be able to get the whole picture of that. So in 3.3, it starts with these scoffers as we just talked about. And this is a, a very odd group of people in the fact that they are... Mockers of God. I don't know if you have ever been mocked, if you've ever been in a position where you've been made fun of, brutally, uh, made fun of so it's to the point of, of crying, uh, brutally in the fact that that it's there's the threat of violence. This is the seriousness of what it means by being a scoffer. They're self-oriented. They want only what they want. They they follow their own desires. The Scripture says they are not. A saying, I want to do what God wants. This is how you're going to know. Okay, so we have the, the scoffers. It says this, just to backtrack just a little. It goes back on track. Knowing this first, basically knowing this is the most important thing. I want to tell you this first. So he says this, the scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. It almost sounds funny the way it's mentioned. But he's saying they're going to come and there's going to be some attacks that are basically making fun of. We don't know whether in this particular case it came to any violence or anything, but scoffing was brutally making fun of people. I've experienced this. I i was uh, definitely an odd duck out when I came from, from Texas to Michigan, and um, it was just very, very difficult uh, for me with people calling me names and making fun of me and wanting to beat me up and and doing it a few times. But it was scoffing that came to the point of me being terrorized. Did I realize it at that point? I really didn't, you don't as kids. You just kind of go, okay. I I don't even think I told my mom at all about it. But it went on for for years. And then we went to another school where my dad was the history teacher. And they didn't like my dad's teaching. So he took it out on me. So more scoffing, more, you know, horrible things said. A rock's thrown through our window at home. Kids coming, following my dad and I out by the car, yelling out horrible things. That's what it was similar to. These people are going to come and they're going to make fun of the faith. They're going to just make fun of it. And it's going to be brutal. And if you look online, it already is pretty brutal, where people are making fun of, of Christians, just brutal. And in these last days, they're following their own sinful desires. It says that's one of the main parts of, of all of this. They do what they want to do. They want to follow who they want to follow. They're not following God, that's for sure. Uh, Linda and I learned early on in our faith to ask questions when being asked to go to things like a movie, or an event, or concerts, or to read books, or um, whatever it happens to, to be. Things that may have been innocent, but we found out the event maybe is not all that innocent, but people were still leading us to go see it. So you have to be careful. They're following their own desires, so they're not following the Lord. You have to have a pretty high standard where we are sitting in these seats, knowing that people are going to challenge your faith. There is not, by the way, this ease to it where you can just say, I don't think so. It's not ever that easy. There's pressure, there's things, you're working with people, you're, uh, you're in church with people, there are things that are said and done that convince you that maybe they're right. And that was the problem right here. And then after this, it says this about them, following their own sinful desires, they said this, Where's the promise of this coming? So the challenge, that's the challenge that's going to come next. The deceiving, the questions. Anybody ever remember anything else in scripture where this happened? Like the garden? Did God actually say, yeah, uh, temptation of Jesus? If you are the son of God, command these stones. A lot of times it starts with a question. They were saying, well, where's the promise that was coming? Where is Jesus? You said that Jesus was going to come. And he's not coming. Why should we follow? Why should we have anything to... I mean, let's let's just go do what we want to do, which is the sensuality What was part of their culture. They didn't want to have any restrictions, but they still wanted to be part of the church. That's what's interesting. It would be one thing if they just said, let's leave, but they were trying to convince the church to go with them. Scoffers bring questions that cause doubt. And then uh, there's misdirection here that brings confusion, too, if you look at this. Where's the promise of the coming one? Where is this? Where is this? I don't understand it. For ever since the fathers fell asleep or died, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. All the things are, are, nothing's happened. And it's the half of the word heresy that happens. It's true. Abraham, Moses, Jacob, and the fathers, they, they did die. Very true. Uh, it's not true that nothing's happened since then. But it's a subtle message here. They're trying to say something to these people that is this. Oh, God created everything. He's a great God. He created everything. But now he's not involved. And he's not involved in your life. He's not involved in the world. We're on our own. So it says uh, in three five that they did this deliberately to bring this confusion. So not just a mistake. There's a purpose in bringing this misdirection. To people. There is a uh, protection God gives us against these subtle heresies, by the way. It's, it's called the Word and the Spirit. So we fill our lives with the truth of Scripture. Get it in. We just get it in. People have said to me, you know what, I don't understand. I just, I, I'm going to read it. I've read it once. Do I have to read it again? I'm going, it's the Bible, you know, and, but I, you know, I'm, I don't really like reading it. It's hard to read it. It's, I think, excuse after excuse. Here's what, here's what I, I'm saying. It was like Billy Graham's mother, Said when they asked her what she was doing, why she was reading the Bible so much in the hospital room before she died, she said, "I'm studying for finals." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you're just getting it in. It's food. It's bread. It's like honey. It's it's that analogy is throughout Scripture. All you're doing, whether you like it or not, all what you're doing is you're putting it in. The more you put it in, the more it's available for the Holy Spirit to bring it out. At times you need discernment. Uh, there's a woman who was at a church we were at who was saved. She loved the Lord, and she came with people. She met people at work who invited her to go to a church. And uh, Linda and I were kind of suspicious. She was at that Bible study. She was a believer. She was at their Bible study in in, in days, and then now going to church with them. And, I mean, it didn't take any time whatsoever. She was a very young believer. She didn't have the discernment. That's why people in the church here, we need to look out for each other. She didn't have the discernment. But as mature believers, we need to have that discernment. And it's having the word filling us and being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Have you ever been in that position where it just is, you know, very odd? Something's wrong. Something's wrong with what was just said. And you don't know quite what it was. What? Something was odd. The Holy Spirit bringing discernment to you about uh, something that was said. So we fill our lives uh, with the word. And the last piece of this is the word on the other side of this. There's a word at the beginning Are we looked at, remember the word. There's a word uh, at the end of this as well. And it says this, this is where Peter is going to tell them about how this all works he said in verse 5 he says for they deliberately overlook the fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished but by the same word the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up with fire being left until the day of judgment so the first one was remember the word the last one is i want to make you aware peter is saying that there is a need to know that god is going to take care of all this he's going to convince them they may be telling you that he's not coming back and that there's no judgment and so they can do whatever they want because that's what they were trying to do no judgment he's not coming back so we can do whatever we want to do and so peter's bringing some perspective And Linda told a story recently, which brought back to mind, I had heard it before, about somebody who was in at her work and was an MBA, Masters of of Business, and they were like hot stuff. And they were in a meeting. He was new. I'm sure being paid a lot of money. And as he sat in that meeting, all the bigwigs were there, you know, who'd been in those kinds of meetings, they kind of were sitting. And you're there and the the main person was saying things like, "Well, we should you know do this and do this and do this," and even like directors and and associate VPs and everybody are you know, kind of going like, "Right, because that's what you do, right? That's what you do." But he's a new MBA and he's filled with all his learning and knowledge, and he he butts in and he goes, "Well, you know, no, that we shouldn't do that at all. We have another thing that we should do. <laughs> Isn't is that that's not going to work?" And everybody around the room, I'm sure, is going like, "Uh oh." And Linda's boss called her in immediately and said, and before she said it, Linda was, I know. (laughs) I'll talk to him. Well, she went to talk to him, and what she said is, she said, I want to just let you know his name, gave his name. I just want to let you know that it's not school. Now, here we don't get F's. Here we get fired. Okay. (laughs) He changed right away. He changed immediately. So there's some perspective he got. Peter wanted to give them some perspective. He said, by the way, I just want to let you know, God's still in charge and God is going to bring judgment at the time he wants and in the way he wants. He's not going to be rushed by a group of people who don't even believe uh, in him. And the creative power of God, the creation of the word of God. So let's just look at this real quickly because it gives like a foundation for what Peter is saying. For they they deliberately overlook the fact, Peter says, that the heavens, this is in verse uh, five, that the heavens existed long ago and that the earth was formed out of water through water by the word of God. So the gathering of the waters, God created the world, and the earth was formed out of water by the word of God, the power of God's word to bring it to earth into to bring the bring to earth into existence. And then he goes from there to where it actually all comes down to a conclusion for him. And that's just remember who the truth is just remember who the truth is he did all these things he created the world he made it it's not anything of anybody else's creation he's trying to let them know very simply that he's still the one uh, in charge so peter's saying this very simply he said by his word the means of water god created the world and there's an indication from this that's interesting that that uh, solid things in creation were came from liquid, which is like, try to do that, almost impossible. By his word, by means of water, he destroyed it, meaning the flood. And by his word and by the means of fire, he will destroy it in the future as part of the judgment. So just like Noah, who got in the ark and who... Was able to get away, there was judgment that was happening. And so Peter is saying, you know what? That's going to, same thing is going to happen here in this situation. These teachers will not, who didn't think judgment was real, it was going to be real to them, and that they were living their lives like it wasn't happening. And Peter is warning the church, don't do that because it will happen. There will be a judgment for believers and unbelievers. One of the commentators uh, said this about the whole story the the commentator is saying i believe that one of the reasons that this happened the way peter says it did is he said apparently there was evidence with other kinds in this other other people who were like scoffers who were coming against the church at this time but he says they may have seen themselves as daring radicals trying to clear a lot of the traditional nonsense out of the church and they were approaching it like we're actually coming to, to solve this problem for you we can get rid of all these things we don't really need to focus on the word or we don't, don't need rules that tell us anything or we what we really need to do is get it together and fall into line with what's in the world so they saw they possibly saw themselves as these radicals themselves and we call us radical ourselves radicals they felt like they were coming to clean up. The church, and they said one of the things. Reason they said that is that they were probably embarrassed by the church, and I can see the things that they would have gone through. Saying, "I can't believe these people. What are we going to do?" Because the, the whole city around here, in this culture, is saying, "These people. These people. What are we going to do? We we we've got to change them. They're embarrassing us because they felt like they were Christians too." It was embarrassing uh, to these teachers. And Peter is saying, you can't let this change. You can't stop doing what you know to do. You can't stop turning to the word because that is our foundation in all of this. So I had a picture in my mind as we end of how it would look visually with our church. Because we're a small group of people, Uh, I think that the Lord is getting ready to bring more people in uh, eventually. And he has said that. And uh, I think that we need to be prepared with all kinds of things. We just need to be solid believers, grounded here. So I had this picture of us all sitting in these chairs, like this, with people running into the room, saying things like, they can't even tell where the Bible is written. I mean, they don't know. They don't know all these things. It's not the original pieces of paper. Why do you believe it? And so I, I picture everybody doing this. Get away. And they would leave. And then a little while later, we're here. Somebody else comes in and says, you know that resurrection thing? He really was just swoony. He didn't actually die because people don't die and are resurrected. So that, I mean, <laughs> How? Could you believe something? And so we all are here and we open our Bibles. Go away. Ah, and then somebody else comes in and they 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 say, you know, by the way, <laughs> salvation doesn't all come from a prayer. We go, oh, that's interesting. Comes from doing the right thing. That's what it comes from. And we open our Bibles. We go, hmm. hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, Linda, what do you think? Here we go. We go Ah, boy. And on, you know. That's, I think, the dream of every pastor. Whether it's a group of us, whether it's you and Linda, whether it's a small group, or whether it's uh, 150 people in a building, that anyone who comes in to say anything from the front or in the congregation, you're able to say almost immediately, that doesn't line up. So tell me that again, because I'm not seeing it, and we're able to to do this. So just raise your hand if you will, and then put it like this, and then go, get out.
1: <laughs>
0: That's how we want So Father, we thank you and we praise you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you place it in a a point in our life where we can see it clearly as a foundation. And Lord, it's our desire, I think everybody's desire here, that it becomes the foundation of our lives, where we can easily, with discernment from you, Father, quickly look through all these things that scoffers may come to bring. See that it's not in the Word and move on without being dragged into something that sounds really good. So, Father, we give you all honor and all glory. And, Lord, all of this, of course, is as your Holy Spirit leads us, as we humble ourselves before you to learn in your word, as we ask you the hard questions about the word getting inside. Lord, help me to get into this. It's important. It's important that I I read this, that I put it in, that I study it. It's important. I need it for battle. So, Lord, help all of us to have that attitude of, Lord, help me to do this. Help me to get this inside so I'm ready when the opposition occurs. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to uh, just bless you guys and uh, thank you. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you, uh, Lord, for all that you do. You are gracious and kind. Very comforting, Lord, and uh, very kind. And uh, we just thank you for your goodness to Westchester Chapel, which has been abundant for many years. And, Lord, we do uh, ask that you would take this word that each of us has multiple copies of in our homes, and, Lord, you would apply it to our lives, Mm -hmm. that you would make it what you want it to be for each of us, And we ask, Lord, that it would become something that we uh, hold dearly and uh, seriously. And, Lord, we ask that it would become a foundation, a rock for us as the Lord, as you are, Lord. And that we would become uh, masters of it, not just so that we can defend ourselves, but, Lord, so that we can help the the millions of people around us. that have no idea what it says and have no uh, hope at all. Lord, We need to know it so that we can bring life to others. So make that part of what we do this year is not only our foundation but as we said a number of weeks ago, the foundation for others in our lives and in our families. And so we thank you and we praise you. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray this in the name of Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.
1: If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His Son came to the earth, though he was completely without sin. He died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work. But if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.